and gentlemen, the show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. It'll be fine on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, Curly just dives in. Greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Sinorama.com, located in West Columbia. Gamecock owned and operated by our friend, everybody's friend, Matt Vaughn, who is a huge fan as well. Frequents Carolina baseball games, always at Carolina football games and basketball games. And unbelievable what they do in their work all across the state of South Carolina. Sinorama, when you need one, that's where you will go. We're dressed today by our friend Perry and his team at Britain's in Columbia. Some of the neatest shirts, well, the softest shirt I've ever worn, that's for sure. And you can wear these not just on game day or to show your pride, but these are, I wore the one that JC and Phil is wearing right now last Friday for my date night with Hannah and Riley and got a couple of compliments on it as well. If you would like to look good and feel good, you're probably going to want to head to Britain's on Divine in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, you tell Perry we sent you, he'll take extra good care of you. They've got everything in there. If you need a suit, you need to get fitted for a suit, you know, some pants, a belt, uh, sweet shoes. JC's got some loafers he wears around now and kind of takes him back to his college days when he used to do beer bongs and things of that nature. So, Britain's in Columbia. Make sure you you go go in there and see those guys, and you'll look and feel really, really good when you walk out. Built by the Barndo Co., of course, and it's a weekend, and that means chicken cock bourbon will be flowing, hopefully, for celebration in honor of the Gamecocks, pulling off what would be the biggest upset in school history tomorrow in Athens. All right, that's enough of uh, promoting everybody else. Let's promote the guy that actually used to sling it around, Anthony Wright, A1 is how he is known. He will be our guest picker today. And he'll join us at about 12.35 on our program. We will get him in a little bit early. uh, And he'll make his picks alongside Mad Dog and Schubert and myself. And talk about the Gamecocks and the Dogs. But he played with Prime in Baltimore. He was his quarterback for two years. And I really am looking forward to talking to him about that. And 
could he have imagined back in 2000 and I think it was five was their final year together with the Ravens that you'd look up 18 years later and Deion Sanders would be the biggest story in football. I don't th- I don't think guys that that's a bold statement, is it? He's the biggest story in college football. But can't we make the argument that he's the biggest story in football period the end, including the NFL and you know, JC, I know your favorite, the XFL and the CFL and the DFL and every other FL that's out there. Like, isn't he the biggest story in the entire sport? He's the biggest personality for sure. I mean, it's, you know, and, and he's always managed throughout his career to find himself in that position, which, I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who's got it on point for Marketing. self-promotion and branding, <laughs> there is none other than prime time. <laughs> well, I agree with you, Phil, completely. I mean, he was really one of the first people as a college football player that branded himself. Uh, yep. But uh, I'll say this, there's substance there. Yeah. Uh, I've been looking into it, you know, and and, you, you, and I watched him coach high school guys uh, mm. at the Under Armour game for years. And he was, you know, you have a lot of these celebrity coaches that show up. Herm Edwards, Steve Mariucci showed up. Sam White showed up one year. Uh, you had, you had some other former players that were well-known that were out there coaching prime did a great job with the DBs. I mean, he was working those guys technique. Um, and that's how he was as a player, you know, for all the talk, he backed it up almost every single time. I mean, the guy, the guy hit a home run and I think returned a kickoff for a touchdown on the same day. Uh, (laughs) you know, if it was baseball, he'd go play for the break, he'd go do it, you know? And, um, I, I think that when you kind of look at what he's doing and if you watch some of the clips of him actually coaching, walking around at practice, and you listen to his message, I mean, he's a he's a good coach, good head coach. You know, mm-hmm. he's a good motivator, uh, fantastic recruiter, obviously. Uh, and the most important part of being a good head coach, I think, is hiring a good staff. And he's got some really good – I mean, it doesn't get much better than, than Tim Brewster – uh, as an assistant, longtime assistant who actually was with the Broncos for a while, who's familiar out there. His son Clint's a friend of mine. Uh, they went to high school in Denver, uh, so he kind of knows that area. Um, you know, uh, Charles Kelly, who was a longtime Nick Saban assistant, longtime Jimbo Fisher assistant, uh, great recruiter as his defensive coordinator. And then, of course, I've talked about Sean Lewis enough. I mean, uh, air raid, excited offense, fits their personnel. Uh, and, and his kids are motivated and, and, and they play hard. They don't, they don't just sit out there. And go, I mean, it's not hype. It's not the Miami hurricanes prior to this past weekend. You know, it's, it's legit. And uh, I got all the respect in the world for the guy, you know, I mean, I didn't know how this was going to work out him flipping his roster like he did, because that's kind of a, it's a no, no, if you talk to most coaches, but uh, when you're a really good coach, uh, I think you can, you can do that. So uh, it's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, I, I, and, and right now you've got a fired up group of Buffaloes, not just because they have opened the season 2-0 and unexpectedly to the rest of the country, but not to themselves. Now you've got a fired up group of Buffaloes because of what Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, decided to say earlier this week with the rivalry game being played at 10 o'clock on ESPN Eastern on Saturday night. He took a shot 
that Deion Sanders wearing his hat and sunglasses during press conferences saying just a couple of days ago on Wednesday in his weekly radio show, quote, I don't care if they hear this in Boulder. I told ESPN, I take my hat off and take my sunglasses off. I said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my sunglasses off. That's what my mother taught me. Ooh. Well, since then, Colorado and Deion Sanders Jr., who runs a basically a campaign for the Buffaloes program by Well Off Media, which is his social media company that he airs on YouTube, uh, a video has come out that is named Coach Prime and the CU Buff Responds to Lil Bro. And in the video, there's Dion addressing his program and saying, quote, I'm minding my own business watching some film, trying to get ready, trying to get out here and be the best coach that I could be. And I look up and read some bull junk they had said about us once again. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here and work our butts off and do our job on Saturday. But when they give us ammunition, they done messed around and made it personal. It was just going to be a good game, and they done messed around and made it personal. It was going to be a great task, a battle for Colorado, but they done messed around and made it personal. So, I have a feeling. That's what bulletin board material looks like. Somebody needs to go down there to Athens to tell Kirby. (laughs) Hey, the last coach that I'm aware of who had his sunglasses made fun of was Shane Beamer. And that didn't work out for the Kentucky Wildcats. I've got a gut feeling uh, tomorrow night, the Colorado State Rams, mm, they might uh, they might be tucked into bed by halftime, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. We will pick that Jay, game. In just a little Jay Norvell is average as grits, Coach, too. I mean, he, he I was shocked he was hired in Nevada. Uh, uh, he uh, happened to win there for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I need to dig into his staff. Uh, I don't know why he went to Colorado State. I mean, that's like the second straight terrible hire they've made. They're not very good. Uh, Colorado usually beats them anyway. <laughs> so, um, poo-poo, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jay Norvell is the last person that needs to be talking crap about anybody that's accomplished. I mean, that guy's lucky to have a job. Yeah, he uh, and I'm and I'm and we're not going to make this entire show, of course, about uh, Colorado and Colorado State. We although we will pick the game a little bit later, but um, yeah, it's a it's a very it's it, Colorado State should be good pretty much every year. I've I've been to that town. I've seen their facilities. Uh, it is a um, it's a it's a program that that should win. It's but right now of- they don't. But he's been around a long time, though. I, I think a lot of people don't realize how long he's actually been coaching. Who, Jay Norvell? Oh, yeah, since the uh, mid-'80s. Yeah, he was uh, on a bunch of average Nebraska staffs, mm-hmm. average Oklahoma staffs. I, I, like I said, I was stunned that a guy got – was, I think he was in Oklahoma when he went to see to Nevada. Uh, uh, took, over, took over for Poley in there, I think. Oklahoma to Texas to Arizona State to Nevada. That's right. Okay, yeah. so – oh, but, he's on Herm Edwards' staff. In 2016, <laughs> but what's interesting, though, uh, J.C. Oh, wait, is that's he, probably – he, 1988 is when he got his first full-time assistance job, 1988. And then he got the head job at Nevada, um, I guess, hired at the end of 2016, right? So you're talking about 28 years. So he spent 28 years as a head coach between college football and the NFL. 
that's a long time to go before you actually get a crack at being a head guy. Just <sighs> never been impressed. I respect what he did at Nevada Reno. Um, that's another good Mountain West job. Uh, but uh, Colorado State's probably the best job in the Mountain West, or, or one of them. I mean, probably San Diego State, I would guess, but, but Boise. I'm Boise. Leaving. But it's one of the better jobs. I mean, they got they got fan support out there and all that good so stuff. Wyoming. And, and by the way, Philip, I don't think – was I typing? I don't think that I've typed been anything. This time, Philip. Yeah, yeah I think even. it was Phil. Yeah. So, Mount Bottom. Mount Baton. Mount, Mount Baton. Mount, Mount Baton. We got an angry face on I, Facebook, Doug. What do you mean? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it, but Mount Baton. Anyway, uh, that wasn't me, brother. I did pick up my cell phone and send an important text, but uh, that was about it. Uh, and I don't think you can hear that. But anyway, I'm working on it, man. I'm striving really hard every day. I'm, I'm, I'm well, a we, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, Philip. Uh, we. Uh... We're all trying really hard every day. South Carolina is uh, primed to do that tomorrow. Speaking of prime, 3.30 kick. It's Sanford Stadium between the hedges. I am unsure. I've not seen it if they've announced it as a sellout of 92,746. But nonetheless, we know that there will be plenty of dog fans parking uh, between the hedges as the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs commence. Uh, their annual rivalry. This will no longer be an SE, an annual SEC East rivalry, which really kind of makes me sad. But if you look at the last 10 years, probably should bring a lot of joy to the faces of Gamecock fans unless they can pull the upset tomorrow. It's been a rough go uh, since that stretch of victories between 2010 and 2014. Nonetheless, Carolina's 1-1. One one. Georgia, of course, is 2-0. and oh, And this will be their first quote-unquote test. Carolina's hoping to make it a real one, right, guys? Uh, when they kick it off tomorrow on CBS with Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, and Jenny Dell roaming the sidelines. Westwood One will have it nationally. J.P. Shadrick and Derek Rackley, never heard of them. They'll get to call it on uh, the Westwood One Network. And then, of course, Todd Tommy and Chet Tucker will have it on the Gamecock Sports Network on the satellite radio. It's Channel 119 or Channel 192. Here's what a win over Georgia would do. It would match the Gamecocks' best win in school history, according to the AP poll. I think we could probably all agree, as great as that Alabama win was, this one would be bigger than taking down the tide at williams Bryce Stadium back in 2010. It would also get South Carolina off to a 1-0 start in SEC play. And maybe you don't realize this, but it slaps you around a little bit when you think about it. The Gamecocks have not won their conference opener since 2017. That was the victory over Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, 31-13, to the final up there that day. In Coach Muschamp's second season, he went on to win nine games that year. It would also snap a three-game losing streak to Georgia, and it would be Carolina's sixth win over the Dogs in their last 14 games, inching closer to a 500 record in their last 14 games. However, it would just be their third win in their last 10 games versus Georgia. And, of course, it would also be the highest-ranked win on the road in school history. The highest-ranked win at one time was third-ranked North Carolina. That was tied versus these Bulldogs four years ago, 20-17 to 17 in double overtime in Athens. So, uh, JC, I got a little bit of a surprise last night. I'm sure you did as well. Uh, when uh, Coach Beamer 
uh, did say what we thought. Wells, Eamon, Worry, and Spalding are good to go. They're going to play, and they're probably going to play a lot. I was a little surprised by the news that Marquis Anderson and Jatias Gear are just flat out listed out this weekend. I, uh, yeah, that surprised me a little bit too, based on some stuff earlier this week. I, I'll say this: look out for uh, look out for Marquis when he gets back. Beamer keeps talking him up and stuff, and uh, Gear is a tough one because I, I look. I don't want to say what I think the injury is because the people are going to go say that I said it definitely was but I think the type of injury he has is not it's something that you can just only rest and mm-hmm. it, it's it's takes a while to get better uh, it's unfortunate because he was having a hell of a preseason and it happened at the scrimmage um but uh you know Drew Tua Izama seems like he's ready to go maybe maybe he's had a uh um you know a little bit of a a good week, maybe. Um, but yeah, Spalding's big because it gives you a lot of options. Uh, you know, you can where where like all right. I know Jalen Kilgore's done a great job this year. And by the way, everybody, y'all made fun of me for saying Kilgore was going to start. Now he didn't beat him and Warrior out, and I didn't say that. But um, you know, um, there we go. Sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut. Anyway. I, like I think had, what spotting is, it gives you, you versatility. Me, you had sources when those people were attacking you on the big spur.com? Is that no, and, uh, I, saw it, I actually saw it with my own eyes. Kilgore in the spring yeah. game, he looked like a grown ass man. He's lighting people up. I mean, <laughs> it, not, it wasn't scared. He's not scared. <laughs> oh, no, he's I, ain't, not. I ain't scared. I ain't scared. Well, uh, I think he's. Doesn't he have kind of a lot of what we saw last year out of out of Nick and DQ? He's just not scared to put exactly. his face in the fan, you know. He's I like physical. it. Yeah. And uh, he's a very physical player. But um, he um, so what this does is you don't have to rely. You know, he's a freshman. It is Sanford Stadium. It's his home state. You, you got a guy like David Spalding who's played a lot of ball. Who's been with the team. This is his third year with the program. He's played all over. He's played safety. He's played corner. He's played uh, nickel. It gives you some options uh, to maybe say, hey, okay. Because uh, I think what they're going to do is slide Nick or DQ, I think Nick, because Nick's the best tackler, into the box to defend this offense because I think it's a smart way to defend Mike Bobo's offense. Yes. you want your best tacklers close to the line of scrimmage. Um, and then, so on the back end, you know, you got DQ. Uh, do you have to necessarily depend on Kilgore alone with DQ? No. You can slide Spalding back there. Or obvious passing downs, you can maybe flip it and put Spalding at nickel. Uh, it just – David Spalding, is, when he's played, has been very good. Uh, he's just been injured. So, uh, I think both of those guys being back will be big. Uh, obviously with juice, everybody's a little rattled because you hear different things and he played 30 snaps last week and only caught one pass. Uh, so either he's going to go out and play a bunch of snaps and not going to look like juice or last week was a brilliant piece of, of decoy coaching, it, you know, uh, kind of like, um, I'll, I'll use a world war two reference, you know, how they used to, when, before they attacked Normandy, they leaked battle plans that. They were going to attack north of there, uh, sort of near Dunkirk. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's pretty good. Uh, and they didn't. And uh, that, that that would be that kind of deception. 
I think. Now, do I think intent? I mean, I don't know how you go run offense and say, don't throw it to juice, whatever you do. Uh, but um, no, you don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch the all 22 and watch juice and focus every single play. And I haven't had time to do that to see, was he running full speed? Was he running half speed? Whatever. Uh, but if Juice Wells is Juice Wells tomorrow, and I talked to some folks that inside the program that, that you know, the first question I have is, are you going to be able to attack them vertically? Kind of like some of these other teams have. And the answer I got back was, yes, we feel like we can. So, and it wasn't somebody that gives me a bunch of BS all the time either. It's not, not some sunshine pumper that's running around, uh, you know, bloviating happiness and love and, 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 and sunshine all the time. And I'm not, I'm not, that, that's not me taking a shot at anybody inside the program at all. Um, it's just some people give it to you straight. Some people are over, and that's how sources work. Some people are overly optimistic. This person's not, he's very generally pessimistic. So who knows, who knows what'll happen uh, tomorrow. But I think, uh, I think, man, I think that's uh Gonna have uh you know that that's the that's the opportunity right there is if Carolina can get the ball downfield vertically uh, and get stops. This Brock Bowers rumor is interesting as well. Dog fans are all over the internet saying he's limited, hurt, hand injury, something like that. I mean that guy's such a weapon. I know they have other tight ends like like the infamous Oscar Delp, but l- lucky their other tight ends hurt too. So that does take a weapon out of the arsenal. The, the, the issue is, though, unlike last year, Georgia's receivers are really, really good. So sure. who knows? Who knows what will happen? But it's going to be a good game. I, I think it's going to be a good game, at least for a while. Tomorrow. Well, I think, you know, it would be uh, in Georgia. Georgia, of course, will have every opportunity to prove this wrong. But if Lab McCockey and Brock Bowers both can't go tomorrow, that certainly is, is going to affect the dogs and what they do and – um, we'll talk more about that a little bit later on in our keys to the game. As it pertains to quarterback Carson Beck, this is at this point in time the biggest start of his career with South Carolina coming in tomorrow. We do need to uh, step aside before we do. Last night, uh, Miami all over Bethude Cookman, 48-7. to They are now 3-0 and on the season. And a pretty good game on ESPN if you didn't see it. Memphis and Navy, big stop at the end for the Tigers, 28-24, to the final score there. Tonight, Virginia is at Maryland. The Wahoos looking for their first victory of the season on the road against the Terps in College Park, where Maryland's a 14.5-point favorite. Army and UTSA will play in what should be probably a low-scoring game at the Alamo Dome at 7 o'clock on ESPN. And Utah State and Air Force out west at 8 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network. So if you're looking for some college football on Friday nights and you aren't going to be at a high school game, um, that's where you will go to find it. Also last night, in the NFL, if you did miss it, the Eagles 34 to 28 over the Vikings, improving to 2 and 0 on the season. And DeAndre Swift with a big game, 28 carries for 175 yards in the ball game. DeAndre Swift, a 5'9", 215 pound former running back of the Georgia Bulldogs. So luckily, he's not playing for them from tomorrow. from Philadelphia. By the way, yeah. he's back home. Uh, he was uh, same school Keenan Nelson came from, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, turned into a pretty pretty darn good player. The, the Lions let him go and then signed the dude from the Bears, Montgomery. And so, and the Lions are pretty good this year, too. But that's a hell of a back-and-forth game. It looked like for a while Philly was going to blow them out. And the Norse came back. The the Olaf Johansons came back. And then uh, 
Philly took it and a lot of offense and a lot of talent on the field, man. And it, it's kind of like um, Dowell Loggins said this week, uh, you want to know why Georgia's been so good? Look at the Philadelphia Eagles because they got a bunch of former Georgia guys on that team. There's a lot of them, no doubt. They've had a lot of Gamecocks up there over the years, too. Mm-hmm. All right, eleven twenty four. We'll take a drive around the SEC when we return. Uh, we'll get into some other national games of note and mention a couple of high school games that will be played tonight as well. When we come back for break, where's our where's our resident dog fan around here? We've got something special for him. It's National Double Cheeseburger Day down here in the South. We don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. Hey, everybody. This is Mo Coppola from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to letmepaintsomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Letmepaintsomething.com. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Nothing, 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 nothing sucks, baby. Nothing sucks like the whole state of Tennessee, the whole state of Tennessee, the whole state of Tennessee. Nothing sucks like the whole state of Tennessee, except for maybe Georgia. Mine eyes beheld the rednecks and the common law affairs. Mine eyes have seen the drunkards as they stumble down the stairs. 
Toothless wenches babbling on of tales I shan't retell. Oh God, what is that smell? To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. The cesspool of the South. I couldn't give a hell about a worthless victory bell. I couldn't give a damn about the Redco marching band. If I see August Falls again upon the Jumbotron, my patience will be gone. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia. The cesspool of the South. Next time you're up in Georgia, take a careful look around. You can always find a bulldog band making that stupid sound. In case you're wondering where the noise originated from, their emulating mom. And when the heavens smile upon the grassy midland field, we will know the victors took their toll and Georgia had to as arm in arm we cheered the final seconds of the clock They still can't lick our cocks To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia To hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia to hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia, the cesspool of the South. Back to, to hell, hell, to hell with Georgia, to hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia, to hell, to hell, to hell with Georgia, the cesspool of the South. Oh man! (laughs) You know, great. It's uh, my my dear friend Bobby Harton on ESPN in Charleston plays this every year on Friday too, and um, (laughs) and uh, he gets away with it because he's Bobby. Uh, There's some other stations out there probably couldn't get away with it, but we can do whatever the hell we want here. So we uh, we we did. So regardless of what happens tomorrow, I guess we can all agree with the. Saying to hell with Georgia, right, boys? That was actually started by uh, the Georgia Tech Glee Club decades ago. But um, South Carolina, Tennessee, and others have kind of inherited it over the years. So uh, there you go. To hell with Georgia. And uh, I really wish we would have had JC up singing along so we could hear his vocals. But um, we'll get those, Phil, after about a handle of chicken cock tomorrow. And hopefully it'll be. It'll, hopefully it'll be in celebration. I, I can't harmonize. I'll come on here singing to Monday. <laughs> I can't ar- harmonize like that, man. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I've heard from a couple of my dog friends this week. My friend Kevin Clary, who's 148 years old today. Happy, uh, happy uh, Green Mile birthday, Kevin. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm sure you feel terrible about executing John Coffee. 
But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he called. He's going to the game. He's fired up. It's Because, man, he, he's a guy that, like, we went to the game in 07. Uh, me and him and my friend yep. Skipper. And we there. drew straws to see he was sitting in the lower deck with Carolina fans. And he drew the wrong straw and got sent to, like, that upper third deck at Sanford, which is like the – it's like Neptune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's a big old square-jawed 6'5 guy, right? Like, looks like a – like a marine or something. And he's just sitting up there and he talks like this. He's got Kevin Clary, man. It's awesome. And dude, he got liquor drunk and was mad because they lost, right? He's a passionate guy because all his friends are Carolina fans. We found him sitting on the bulldog. One of those bulldogs they have around town, the statues around town that happens that they paint. You know, they've got those bulldogs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Way like two miles from the tailgate spot. Just, talking to himself that upset uh but then we all went by ryan's steakhouse in commerce the next day and had a delicious lunch and it was fine so i've heard from him i haven't heard from my friend kevin atwell who i've been to georgia championship games with a couple times like national championship games great guy met him at the newspaper of gainesville and then my friend nakia has been conspicuously silent and she I have usually, not been barked at by any member of my she, family. She usually uh, calls to talk a little junk. She, her mom's a Tennessee fan and knows not to talk junk when they play Carolina, but she can talk a little junk. So I, I'm surprised I hadn't heard from her. But those are my three really good Georgia buddies. So we'll see what happens uh, if I hear from any of the dogs on my drive back to South Carolina. You'll always hear from them when they win. There's, There's no doubt about that. By the way, in case you might have heard me mention it, today is National Double Cheeseburger Day. Maybe this is a good omen. Tomorrow, National Responsible Dog Ownership Day. We'll see if that means anything for the football game or not. This week in the SEC, outside of Georgia and Carolina, LSU is at Mississippi State tomorrow at noon. Uh, we will pick that game a little bit later on. We'll also pick this one. Kansas State is a four-point favorite on the road at Missouri that game. We'll play at noon. Maybe a double TV day for all of you watching at home. Alabama's at South Florida at 3.30 on ABC. The Tide have announced this morning they're going to start Notre Dame transfer Tyler Buckner in the ballgame as well, trying to get things rolling for Bama's offense. Monroe is at AM at 4 o'clock. We know tomorrow night at 7 about Tennessee and Florida. That line is down again to 6. The money has been coming in on the Gators over the last couple of days. Samford is at Auburn at 7. Vandy at UNLV trying to get their third win of the season. That would mean they're halfway home to getting into bowl season. Georgia Tech is at Ole Miss tomorrow night at 7.30. An interesting one in Fayetteville. BYU is at Arkansas. And then Akron is at Kentucky in the annual Kentucky non-conference slate of playing nobody. They're awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there are hey, few traditions hey. in life that are as consistent as Kentucky's non-conference football schedule. Dude, you can conference schedule specifically designed to keep him in a job. Yeah, it's like all right. So, what was the school that was bitching the most about going to nine? And they reported Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, really? Well. Man, you look way into the future. Like Missouri, even like schedules. Like they got Kansas, they got Illinois, they got K State. South Carolina's got the ACC schools they used to play in Miami. Uh, we've talked about it. everybody in the even Vanderbilt, man. Because I'll say this right now, uh, dude, Siri was picking up everything I just said and fixing to send a text. 
to someone that actually works at Vanderbilt. That's not good. Uh, Vanderbilt's not man enough. Actually, that would be good. To walk into Allegiant Stadium and beat the running Rebels. (laughs) I'm going to do that every week. I'm going to have a, are you man enough? Are you man enough? Who's man enough? Because I said that last week. That's an old Pat Dye thing. I told you he said it no three about torturing Bama. But I'm saying, I'm going to say, uh, this week's man enough. Vanderbilt's not man enough to walk into a Allegiant Stadium in front of 12,000 people <laughs> on the Vegas Strip and top the running Rebels of Barry freaking Odom. I've got him. Go, Vandy. Go, Vandy. Vandy gets uh, win number three. They they didn't – they did let me down, though, Phil. That was my bold statement. They had opened four, remember, 4-0, and they uh, – they're not going to do that. I was going so. seven. I That's all right. You know. Wake, Wake didn't even miss Sam Hartman in that game. I was like, wow. Vandy's yeah, bad. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, Vandy just against <laughs> stiff competition. Well, we've got two two <laughs> of their three games have been – I mean, Hawaii came in and almost <laughs> beat them. Alabama A&M is not very good. And then they beat um, – and then they got waxed by Wake. Mm. That was an embarrassing loss for the SEC. Yeah. Yes. The SEC is off to a rough start, just three and six versus power five opponents. Uh, they'll have a couple more tests this week. The ACC has some tests this week as well um, that are that are non-conference. But I did mention the Kansas State-Missouri game is a non-conference game that you'd like to see the SEC win if you're a fan of the SEC. However, nobody in the SEC is a fan of Missouri, so I highly doubt that the other 13 programs that participate in the sport of football want to see them take down Kansas State to borrow it on the SEC network, but we'll see. Um, the Minnesota-North Carolina game, guys, is kind of interesting. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit this week. JC, you made this reference a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it throughout the summer, that I'm not sure that there was a football program out there that had a more unique start to the season from a scheduling standpoint than North Carolina. They are 2-0. They have, you know, they quite frankly beat the breaks off of Carolina, the Gamecocks. They survived once again App State. The large majority of people that wear that powder blue are probably begging the administration to not schedule the Mountaineers anymore. And now they've got – Mac Brown even said it. I love what Mac Brown said. Probably had enough. Mac got his start of that. that. Yeah. Oh, Matt, Mac and Sparky Woods got their start at App State. That's, that's how Sparky – Mac was at App State one year and then took Tulane, and Sparky was his assistant and got promoted. That's why Sparky's like the special assistant at UNC now. Yeah. Had to be sweet for him to beat the Gamecocks, and, and they beat him twice since he's been back. But, uh, look, App <laughs> – App will beat your ass if you're not careful, man. I mean, We've they don't they, they don't they don't shy I'm away. Right they beat the and, uh, and it, I don't think it, the transitive property doesn't count. That, yeah, people are complaining. Well, App did this against them, and Carolina needs you know because how bad is Carolina? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter. It, I mean, it, it, it's two different. Every week's different. Uh, I'll say this: Amari and Hampton rest for about two forty against App State. That's the key to beating Minnesota. North Carolina's going to have to line up and run the football uh, against yeah. them because that's what Minnesota's going to try to do to them. Um, so UNC's going to have to be a lot better on defense. Uh, but uh, I, I kind of like North Carolina in, in this one, and I'm surprised I said that because oh, I Minnesota is not man enough 
to waltz into Keenan Stadium when their basketball practice is over and the crowd arrives in the third quarter. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> and and right. be, yeah, now nah, if this were You're a street, the, if this were a street fight, I would take Minnesota. But it's yeah, not. no, it, or or yeah, a rock throwing contest. In North Carolina, is seven and a half point favorites in the game. Yeah. I, you, well, we're going to pick the game a little bit later on. Well, but, oh yeah, uh, what, what about that thing in Braveheart? The test of manhood. I'd pick Minnesota in that. Yeah, it's, not, it, I not, mean, not football. You know, like I mean, quite frankly, when, when when you look at the Saturday slate of games, I mean, when you look around the country, especially per, pertaining to teams in the top twenty-five, uh, you know, because it's not a great slate necessarily of course these are generally the weekends where something wacky happens you know that you turn on the tv when you're trying to catch the end of the day's news on uh college what, what is it college football final on espn and you're going wait what i'm sorry what happened here but you you, know, you talk about that game and then you know i mentioned kansas state and missouri like who'd have really thunk it that those might be potentially the most interesting ball games on the slate this week um, I think there will be others. I, I personally think Penn State is going to have a little bit more of a, a challenge on their hands than they're than Illinois is getting credit for right now. Um, in in Champaign, JC, you live not too terrible, well, a lot closer to Champaign than we do. Um, was, yeah. You know, they're believers right now in Brett Bielema. BD Bielema, he. Um, I'm not going to tell you what the BD stands for, by the way. Um, he, uh, I know, I know what it means. Yeah. I know. We all, we all know. <laughs> I think we can figure uh, it out. Nat and I, we we were chanting that last year where they almost beat Michigan. Anyway, <laughs> the whole full thing. And nevertheless, I was disappointed last week because I thought they would beat Kansas. Kansas Lance Leopold, maybe one is probably the. If you're just talking about coaching, he's probably one of the best. Probably the top five coach in the country. I, I'm sorry. The guy won at Wisconsin, Whitewater, Buffalo, and Kansas, which was in the, the doldrums, is winning mm-hmm. football games. So they beat him. They got up on top of him and beat him. So that was that was disappointing. You, you got it right there, Craiger. Uh, but uh, I uh, – I, and there's a reason for that. But anyway, uh, if you look at his wedding pictures. Um, anyway – uh, I've just been disappointed. Now, that's not to say they can't beat Penn State. Penn State has a history of kind of like uh, stuff. Falling asleep. Falling asleep. Yeah. 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 But I'll yeah. say this this pit, something feels different about this Penn State team this year. They've now just been winning, they've been kicking people in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been no struggles. I mean, you know, so it's going to be interesting. Champagne is not necessarily you know, the toughest place to play, but they, they've done a good job getting that program heading back in the right direction. And uh, I think the future is bright there for a little while. And if he flames out, you just go hire Sean Lewis, Colorado's OC, who's um, from Chicago, by the way. Uh, and then the fun begins. But I think Brent's done a great job putting the players in position at that program to compete in the league they're in. Um, yeah. You know, now they, they'll – they laid an egg against uh, five win Mel, not 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 for long Mel Tucker uh, last year, and it, it cost them the division. But uh, you know, so, so we'll see. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know what kind of. I, I would be I'd be concerned about how Illinois' skill talent on defense matches up with what Penn State brings to the game. Drew Drew Allier is an awfully good QB, awfully good, and they've got backs and they got receivers. So we'll if see Illinois if Illinois can run the football, it'll be a close game. If they can't, it won't be. I think it's pretty, pretty simple. Uh, JC, you know that that's his mo. And if it doesn't happen, 
can't win. And uh, so we'll we'll kind of see how we'll kind of see how it all plays out outside of the top twenty-five. Uh, interesting tomorrow night at seven thirty on NBC. I mentioned that the ACC has uh, some non-conference games that could kind of you know help shape what type of league they've gotten off to a pretty good start this year overall. Overall, with the exception of the Tigers, but Syracuse is on the road at Purdue, uh, two and a half point favorites. That game, believe it or not, is nationally televised at seven thirty on NBC from Ross Aide Stadium. But across the way there on ABC at seven thirty, this is where the gasoline and the matches will come out. No, literally, Morgantown, West Virginia. If they win, they will be burning couches with Pittsburgh and West Virginia playing in Milan Pusker Stadium. Uh, over under 47 in the game. So not expecting a ton of points, but Neil Brown certainly hoping that they score more of them than the other guy because it's getting pretty thin up there for Neil Brown, who, by the way, only a couple of years ago was a candidate for the job right here at the University of South Carolina and or a potential candidate, I guess. Yeah, so some say. people thought, some people thought he may be a guy. I mean, look, he, he was winning at the time. I thought he did a really good job at Troy. I, I think he – at Troy, they were – that's the, he was the coach of Troy when they beat LSU on the road when Coach Joel was there. And um, I – at West Virginia has just become such a tough job. It's almost like Nebraska. I, I just don't think that it should be. N- Who me neither. Who did we talk to? Was it, was it Mike or Brad Crawford, one of those guys? Yeah. Uh, I think it might have been Brad – when I asked him about West Virginia and I, I, I don't, I don't agree with anybody necessarily who thinks you, you shouldn't like who would want to go to school. Morgantown's pretty cool. West Virginia is a really beautiful state. Like that's a great place to go to college. It's a great fan base. Um, we've seen them win before. I, I kind of hey. feel like they're South Carolina. Like if you could just find the lucky ingredients, like you sh- should be better than you are every year. Yeah, South Carolina has about ten times the in-state talent. I mean, sure, a, no, I get that. The two so. best players that have come out of West Virginia, in to my knowledge, uh, in, in the modern recruiting era, Randy Moss and uh, Darnell Wright, who's with the Bears now, who's at Tennessee uh, last year. So uh, I'm probably missing one, by the way. Uh, it's You're just about a, the state of West Virginia. State of West Virginia. So they don't have an in-state talent base, but they're close enough to Western PA. They can go get those linemen whose last names end at Itch, Vitch, and Ski. Yeah. Uh, they can go get skill from there. And they're very good. They've had st- staff over the years has been very good at going into the South and plucking guys out of Florida, places like Louisiana, Alabama, bringing them up there. Uh, the, the, they, they could recruit the men Atlantic pretty well. Uh, the, the problem is back then when you're selling, hey, you get to play Miami every year, or, hey, you come here and you get to play Virginia Tech every year. Or, or you know, you, we're, we're the beast of the East and, you know, all this stuff. And, and you know, it, it, but then you, you flip it around like, oh, guess what? We got to get on a plane and fly halfway across the country to even play a road game against teams that nobody in the South grew up following. I mean, nobody cares about Baylor in Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, Texas maybe, but they're, they're adios. So, I think just like the Big Ten has has sapped the life and the lifeblood out of Nebraska, the Big 12 has kind of sapped it out of West Virginia. Now, will that change as we go to this expanded Big 12 where it's a national conference? It's interesting, you know, because they're no longer an outpost. 
BYU is kind of an outpost too. And so is Arizona and Arizona State now. And UCF is an outpost. And yeah. Cincinnati's mm-hmm. right there. So will that change where they have more in common? You know, they're not just, oh, that's that's the outpost, you know. Um, I don't know. I think it's a fantastic job. Uh, I think if you look, West Virginia is a top 25 all-time winning program. They won more games than Clemson. Yeah. Over the years. Uh, it's a proud program. i tell you what I wish Nick Saban would do. Yeah. Uh, well, that ain't he, happening. I wish he'd come full circle and take on the <laughs> ultimate challenge. I'm going to just go to – all right. It's home, all right? All right? All right. Not well, Probably. They couldn't pay him enough. <laughs> uh, they'd, have, they'd have to take a salary cut in half. But I just, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Neil Brown's just not the right fit. I didn't think Dana Holgerson was a great fit either. I thought they got worse and worse and worse and worse uh, as they went along. Um, slowly got worse. <laughs> Under yeah. under Holgerson, kind of like Houston is now, uh, yes. but uh, in slow you know. decline. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. The backyard brawl. I, I, I pick Pitt because um, the Narduzzi factor, but it'll certainly be a a, a raucous crowd in Morgantown. We will uh, get to all of our picks a little bit later. It is time for a timeout. One other game that's on the docket tomorrow. If you happen to drink too much chicken cock tonight and you feel like you need to relieve yourself. Wait till 3.30. Virginia Tech at Rutgers. The over-under in that game is 37. It'll get all of your Friday night fears out of your body. Hang tight. A quick look at the high school slate. A couple of notes on Carolina. Michael Flint will lead us off at noon. And the former A1, QB1, Anthony Wright, will join us at 12.35 right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. If you're coming to the event next week and in – or over on Shem Creek. Michelle will be there. She's so sweet. ElectricBitesCharleston.com. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast. The char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, 
you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're gonna create some of those flavors just on a thin layer, just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're gonna get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. Quick segment here, and then Michael Flint will lead us off at noon inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barn Dominium Co., the barndominiumco.com to build your dream home in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee. Uh, some high school games of note this weekend. There are some big ones being played in the Palmetto State, the great state of South Carolina. Sherall's on the road at Marion. Marion looking to go 5-0. and this weekend so good luck to those guys as they kick off how about james island a resurgence of sorts for the trojans 4-0 they've got 2-1 kane bay coming to town this weekend as well greenwood at 2-2 travels to tl hannah who is at 3-1 on the season as well uh good luck to everybody playing in that ball game uh johnsonville hats off to uh our our guy who is uh what, what i haven't seen Romance he's in here. here today. Okay. Oh, he's, uh, yeah, he's in. He's in. Mm-hmm. Two and one. Johnsonville is on the road at four and Olada uh, this weekend or to, this evening as well. Uh, could be a big game there. So look forward to that one. Ridgeview at four and one. There, Dreer, and uh, Dreer is off to a two and two start on the season. Two and two. Spartanburg is at three and one. Riverside. We'll keep our eyes on that one uh, this evening as well. Uh, how about fourteenth ranked Irmo? Three and zero. 4-0 undefeated, six-ranked Hartsville. 7-0 combined are these two teams playing tonight at 7-30. 4-0 Phillip Simmons up at Aner. Eric Bendig uh, will take Phillip Simmons, trying to get them to 5-0 and 
this evening at a, at a 7.30 uh, start time in that ball game. Fort Dorchester and Berkeley will play. Berkeley is 3-1. and one. Their one loss was a drubbing at the hands of the Somerville Green Wave. And speaking of the Green Wave, 3-0. and oh, They've got Sumter coming to town tonight at 3-1, and one, a 7.30 start time in that ball game as well. And uh, uh, North Augusta is at Dutch Fork. It's hard to believe that Dutch Fork is just one and three on the season, but they are. North Augusta, though, is three and one. So looking forward to seeing if Dutch Fork can kind of keep things going in the right direction as well. Four and oh, Lexington is at three and oh, Gilbert, a 7.30 start time in that ball game tonight. Lexington ranked right now 10th in the state. How about Lucy Beckham down in Mount Pleasant? Wando isn't worth a crap, but Lucy Beckham is at 3-0. and uh, They should move to 4-0 and tonight with Stahl. And then, boy, this could be a dandy. Northwestern and Gaffney at 3-1. and Gaffney, 2-1, and number three, Northwestern uh, tonight at uh, 7.30 p.m. Looking forward to that one as well so it's a pretty good slate of high school football games uh in the palmetto state if you're going to be out there uh supporting and watching these guys i know brooklyn casey and chapin is a big one tonight a midlands matchup not too far away from each other there is one i did omit and it might be the best game in the state of south carolina four and one south florence on the road at three and one south point tonight a number one versus number five matchup in high school football so um, if you're going to be traveling around, uh, it's a it's probably the best slate of the season overall. I know we didn't mention every high school game, Phil, but um, but uh, nonetheless, good luck to every high school football player. Yeah, man, good. always Friday nights are fun. Love yeah. it. You got a kid who yeah. just started high school too, so she's starting to get into going to see home games and things like that. Even though they stink, yeah. <laughs> but well, Hampton did well, win a game, unlike your one. Uh, Four years down there. Wanda, Wanda's <laughs> awful. They can't score. Yeah, I know. Their <laughs> offensive coordinator, I don't think, has ever played a snap of football. I mean, it's it's brutal. So they got to figure <laughs> it out. I've offered my help. Hopefully, they'll take me up on it. We, we can we can get them on the right track if it's someone others willing to listen. That's for sure. All right, it is time to step aside. It's eleven fifty eight here. Hour one is in the books inside the Gamecocks. The show. is halfway home here on a lovely Friday afternoon. The chill is in the air with college football this weekend. Michael Flint will lead us off as we preview the dogs and the Gamecocks for the final hour. Anthony Wright is our special guest picker as well. Don't go anywhere. We're part of the Chief Sports Network, which is served by the best daggum vodka out there. Dixie Vodka, born and bred and raised right here in Charleston, but it's all over the country. Dixie Vodka. If you drink vodka, that's what you want. I assure you of that. We're dressed today by Britons of Columbia, 803-771-2700. I hope Michael Flint is dressed. We'll find out when we return. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope's State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
difference today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style, and seconds, they're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Final hour of the work week. Let's get right to it. Wando's World, presented by, well, nobody, to be honest with you. We've been trying to find a sponsor for this for six months, and nobody would be willing to do it since uh, Michael was. Nobody's biting. Sorry. <laughs> I, I did ask, I, I said, we call him Wando. They said, Steven? I said, no, his older brother, Wando. Oh, <laughs> my money on on uh you know on putting my face on urinal cakes as opposed to doing that but that's okay um but we're happy to have him one of my dear friends the great michael flint the original one nine and as always well not always usually uh he remembers to join us at noon on fridays to preview south carolina football games going in to the weekend matter of fact when i called him this morning to remind him he said oh dang i was gonna go to the gym then i said mike you can't just show up when you want to show up. But JC does. 
so I guess it's okay. All right, Mike, uh, we, we know it's in front of us. Uh, 2-0 Georgia this weekend. I think you would agree if they pull off the upset, this is the biggest win in school history. It's bigger than the one in, over Alabama back in 2010. Um, I think this 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 Georgia football team here uh, could be better than that Alabama team, but that one was played in Williams-Brice Stadium with looking back on it, what we think was a better football team than at least what we have now, as we know it through two games. So I talked to you this morning about some of my keys to the game. We'll get to some of that just a little bit later, Michael. But um, Georgia has not been tested through the first two games. They should be tested tomorrow by Carolina, at least on a little bit of a different scale than what they've been through the last eight quarters. But if you're that good, sleep – I mean – They've outscored both of those teams by a combined 98 to 10. People act like it was close. It wasn't close. Yeah, they didn't look like a bunch of robots. They didn't They didn't look like, you know, they weren't beating them 100 to nothing. But they did still kind of remind me of Georgia. So does it even matter that they didn't look up to par per, I don't know, some people's standards? No, man. It's, it's early in the year. You got a lot of new guys that are still getting adjusted. Um to play in a lot more. I mean, Georgia lost a lot last year when, when you look at it and you got to, you know, you're bringing in guys who have some experience playing, but you know, the, the, the more snaps they get, the more reps they get, the better they get. I mean, you know, those guys are at Georgia for a reason. They're really good players, but it's a lot of it is just, is getting a feel for the, for the system, the, the offense, the defense, the scheme and what they're doing. So, you know, that, you know, catching Georgia early in the year while we're, while that's still, you know, going on that hadn't been in a, you know, played a team like South Carolina yet per se. And so, you know, I think with what, what we bring, it's a good opportunity and almost, you know, a, a good, good timing for South Carolina. Um, you know, not necessarily, you know, from our standpoint, but, you know, catching Georgia earlier in the year has always a pop, been a positive for us. Yeah. Coach Burger used to point that out a lot and, it could be a little bit more beneficial this year, but for a different reason. They are dealing with some injuries over there, just like Gamecocks are. And, you know, I, look, I, I, I don't think that um, disregarding the fact that let's – let's say that – let's say Brock Bowers and Lad McCocky on offense are, are both limited. Um, you know, they've, they've had some issues at running back from an, from an injury standpoint as well. Uh, Kendall Milton, who it feels like has been around there forever, Mike, really hasn't played a ton of football this year uh, because he's been banged up. You know, so I, I, you know, I don't know that it's fair to just disregard when three of your best skill players on the offensive side of the football aren't healthy. I do think it would affect Georgia. Really, the question is just how much um, because they are so deep and they are so talented, and you just can't ignore that. No, I mean it, it's huge. Like I think you can see it with us when you got guys with experience that are out, you know, it, it, it really affects the team. It really affects the chemistry, um, you know, between some of the guys, depending on the position, um, you know, with receiver and Brock Bowers being that, that safety net. I mean, if, if you got Brock Bowers on the field and you could try to get him the ball, throw him the ball, throw it up, you know, if it's a decent ball, he's either going to come down with it or he's going to, you know, it's not going to be an interception. And with Lad McConkey, he's played a lot. He's played a lot of snaps and that experience, it's really valuable uh, when it comes to that Kendall Milton as well. And so, you know, with Carson Beck being a new starter, hasn't played a ton, hasn't really faced a whole lot of adversity yet. I think it's really it's, it's, it's huge because without a guy like Brock Bowers being in there consistently and being healthy, you don't have that safety net. And you got like Ladd McConkey, who's played a bunch. You don't have that safety net 
to really rely on. And so you got guys that haven't played a whole lot together um, out there. It's, you know, it could, you know, you, I think you see it with a lot of different teams. You've seen it with, with South Carolina with, with, you know, the opening game against North Carolina, that camaraderie and chemistry between the guys up front on the offensive line, not having played together a lot. You see where, you know, potential breakdowns, you know, one breakdown, one missed assignment can be, you know, a, 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 a big time negative play, whether it be a pick an interception, you know, a, a big time sack at you know different points of time in the ball game. So, you know, it is something to keep an eye on throughout the course of this game. And, you know, when they face a little bit of adversity, how do, how do they react? All right. You know, Carson Beck, uh, highly touted kid, highly recruited, uh, as everybody is in that in that quarterback room. This will be his most extensive action against a high-quality opponent. This is his first start in the SEC, Mike. Um, this is the third time I've said this this week, so I like saying it not to make myself feel better at all. I like to say it to hear what the opinion would be from somebody that knows a hell of a lot more about football than I do. Uh, let's say South Carolina can win the toss tomorrow. Do you defer until the second half, or do you do you take the football? I my my thought process, and again, nobody hired me to coach for the Gamecocks. At least Shane hasn't thought about it that I'm aware of. But my thought process is defer. Um, more than likely, you're going to be down in the second half and you'll get a chance to score first or first half you'll you'll be you'll get a chance to score first in the second half but at the same time run Carson Beck out there but when you do send the house let's put some pressure on him early and see how he responds he might respond with a touchdown pass he might respond with an interception they might not do anything and have to punt the football what what would you do if you if you get if you uh win the toss tomorrow and have to choose yeah, I think a lot of it is you look at the the you look at the strengths of your team, um, where you're most comfortable, and you know what you know what you what you see in in your opponent and what their strengths are, what you may think their weaknesses are. I think a lot of it is game to game, but I think a lot of it is also philosophy as well. So it really all depends on how a coach looks at it. But you know, I like the fact of deferring. Um, you know, Coach Holtz used to always say, and I'm a firm believer in it as well, is the last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half are really some of the most important times in the game and really gaining that momentum and the, and the momentum factor. And you could see, you know, in a lot of games past, you know, how the momentum shifts kind of between that last five minutes going into the locker room and then the first five minutes coming out and really setting the tone. And, you know, what side of the ball is kind of that tone setter for you? So I think a lot of it goes into that when you think of it from a philosophy standpoint or, or, or you know, what you think your, your, your strengths are or weaknesses on both sides of the ball and, and, and both teams, really. And so, you know, I do like deferring to the second half, um, you know, getting the ball first out of halftime. And I think with our offense especially and having Spencer Rattler and how good he's been, um, you know, being able to get gain, so gain a little momentum coming out of halftime. But I think a lot of it comes down to philosophy per se. And then, you know, what coaches see as the strengths and weaknesses of their team and where they can get that momentum early or late. Spitzer Rattler over his last five games is 139 of 188. That's a 74% completion percentage for 1,742 yards, just shy of 350 a game, 13 touchdowns. He's going to have to be electric uh, in the, in the ball game this weekend, Mike. Um, you know, much like Georgia, South Carolina. There's there's a similarity here that nobody's really talked about. 
They both have new offensive coordinators. Now, I get it. Mike Bobo's called plays in Athens before. He knows his way around that ballpark pretty well. But they're also calling plays for the first time with quarterbacks that they've never worked with before. Carson Beck and Mike Bobo, that wasn't a QBOC relationship last year, and neither was Spencer Rattler and Dowell Loggins. Um, So they've kind of both been feeling – both sides have been kind of – trying to figure things out, feel each other out through the first eight quarters of the season. It certainly looks like on the Gamecock side, uh, Spencer Rattler has been as sharp as he could possibly be. As a matter of fact, one of the most accurate passers in college football this year, one of the top three in the nation, which is remarkable. How accurate does he need to be tomorrow? And what could that look like? This is a Georgia defense that is run by Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart. Michael, we've been around these defenses for a long time. They're not exotic defenses. They never really have been. Uh, they will. It's kind of a man-up philosophy over there. My guy's going to be better than your guy. They'll do some things from time to time. But with South Carolina and the way that they've blocked this year, which has not been good, this test is going to be monumental for those guys. You're probably going to have to have some help from time to time. So what does that look like for Spencer Rattler, and how accurate does he need to be maybe sometimes having to get the ball out really quick or only having one or two targets to throw to? I'm, I'm I'm 100% with you on that. I think you look at it, you know, from our standpoint, I think you look at what Dow Loggins has been able to do and how he's adjusted, um, you know, based on certain situations, whether it be, you know, from a, you know, blocking standpoint up front. I really like what he's done, um, you know, especially against Furman, getting the ball out quick, uh, really utilizing the quick game, utilizing the pass as an extension of the run. Um, I really like what, what he did with that and, 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 and how he's adjusted, you know, to some of the, some of the struggles that we've had. And I think a lot of that is going to come into play um, against Georgia uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, coach Muschamp is one heck of a, of, of a defensive coach. Um, he's got a really good, I like his scheme, his scheme. There's a lot, you got to have some, you got to have special talent at some of the yeah. positions that he <clears throat> puts guys in. You know, you go back and look at that position that, you know, DJ Wonham played. Um, you look at where he is in the NFL now, playing as a defensive tackle, but really being that overall athlete that you have as a defensive end, a guy that can drop back into coverage. And so I think Coach Muschamp can do a lot of really good things and, you know, almost kind of a chess match, chess match between him and Coach Loggin. So, you know, what I'm really interested to see and what I've been pleased in is, you know, how we've been able to get the ball out of Spencer's hand quickly, been able to move the pocket around a little bit, to get deep throws downfield and, you know, how he's adjusted his play calling and game plans, you know, to, to adapt to that. You know, I think the struggles we've had with the run, um, you know, are well known and documented, Um, you know, seeing what we do up front to try to get, to try to be a little bit better and create some of those run lanes for our running backs to be able to, you know, to, to find some wiggle room to be able to get upfield. But, you know, I do like the fact that we have been able to, use that pass as an extension of the run, get the balls to the receivers quick, um, finding those mismatches of where, you know, safeties or corners are, are playing off and say, hey, go get me five yards. You know, you've, you know, based on scheme and based on formation, you've created, you know, eight yards of separation. Um, you know, get the ball to those guys and let them go. Get your five or six yards and maybe a missed tackle here. Um, you know, being able to find some space could turn into 20 yards. But we do have to find a way to, to be able to run the football effectively. Um, you know, I think that's a critical part of the game. And, you know, you can only use that pass as an extension of the run for so long 
um, mm -hmm. before you, you know, you got to have success running it. And I think being a little more diverse with the guys we have in there, I think using the skill set of some of these guys like Mario Anderson, um, Juju McDowell, getting them to ball more. I think you saw against Furman what those guys can do once they get the football. I think with Mario Anderson, it's, you know, not exactly sure why he hasn't played more. You know, is it being able to pass protect back there to help Spencer? Um, you know, when when there's when there's pressure coming. And I know Dakarion's done a good job of that, but you know, you saw some of the some of the cuts that those guys were able to make in the hole to avoid contact, be able to to see the cutback lane. Um, getting getting the ball to Juju McDowell in space is, you know, he's dangerous. You get him the ball in space and he is dangerous. So seeing yeah. those guys get the ball more, I think, is a big part of you know, a big part of this game on Saturday. But I think the kind of that 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 chess match between Coach Muschamp and Coach Loggins is going to be fun to watch to see how they both adjust to what they're doing. You know, is you know, is Georgia going to try to bring a lot of pressure to rattle this offensive line, confuse the heck out of them, and just have them on their heels all day to where Spencer is, you know, unable to really have a clean pocket to get the ball off quickly. Um, you know, how they decide to pass protect up front. You know, with, with Coach Bobo and, and Clayton White, you know, I really like what Clayton White's done on defense. I think with Coach Bobo, the, the his scheme up front offensively from a blocking standpoint is very creative. And I've always liked the way that Coach Bobo has, has run the football. You look at what he did here, you know, with not having a lot of offensive weapons to get the ball downfield, you know, per se. And, you know, how he was able to get Kevin Harris the football. He led the SEC in rushing when everybody and their brother knew that we were going to have to run the football. And he was still able to have a guy that, you know, was the, was the leader in the SEC, you know, rushing the football. So, you know, being able to sustain up front defensively, um, maintain gap integrity, and those linebackers being able to get off blocks and, and, and play sideline to sideline. So I think that's going to be a, a critical piece as well. And seeing, you know, like I've always said, you win and lose in the trenches in the SEC. And that's, you know, I think what Georgia's committed to is you know, being able to run the football and being able to, to you know, and that ball control offense and really not asking the quarterback to do a whole lot um, outside of that, like we have with Spencer Rattler. So it could get interesting, you know, if Carson Beck, if we end up having a little success against the run and we force Carson Beck to start throwing the football and, you know, what we're able to do in the secondary, because I really do like our secondary um, you know, what kind of challenges we present, um, you know, on Saturday with that. Well, Michael, let's many... say, uh, oh, I was just going to say, let's say, let's say Bowers is full go tomorrow. How do you stop it? How do you contain that? You can't stop it, but how do you limit it? I mean, it's tough. That's such a hard ask. I mean, I think. Oh, put... no, it's not. <laughs> Nick, Nick, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. You get, I mean, come yeah, on, you get play a, it with me. You get a guy like Eamon Worry trying to, to guard him, but then. You know, I think George has also done a good job of moving him around and being able to try to create some of those mismatches to get him on some of those smaller guys. And I mean, you've seen that there's been times where we got our linebackers in coverage. And so how does how does you know Coach Bobo look at that and say, how do I get Brock Bowers on one of those linebackers? And if that's the case, then it could be a long night. But you know, the fact of trying to get one of our safeties on him, our nickel, using our nickel to, you know, to cover, but that also presents a challenge in itself that Brock Bowers is a physical guy and he's really good in the run game. And if he gets in there and he's able to have success and, you know, uh, you know, he's out there a lot of times blocking a nickel or, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to bring that third linebacker in um, a third guy to really come in and be, have success against the run a bigger body. Um, when you got a guy like Brock Bowers, that's such a, a matchup nightmare and a guy that can not only block, but 
pretty dang fast and can get downfield quickly and stretch the field for you. So he's a, he's a, he's a difference maker. Um, you know, the guy's a first round draft pick, um, and if he's fully healthy, it's it presents a very very tough challenge. A reminder to all of you that think you can coach at South Carolina, including myself, you can't. But if you want to act like a coach during the game tomorrow, coaches' polos are on sale at Gamecock Traditions uh, in Lexington. You can also order GamecockTraditions.com, and they'll be sent right to your doorstep. Hey, All right, Mike. An armchair quarterback can buy a Spencer Rattler jersey. Yeah, well, that's exactly. You know, I mean, you know, why, why not? You know, it. I've got family members that do it all the time. Damn, Shane, why would you do that? I don't know. Man. I might know more than you do. Maybe it just didn't work. I don't know. All right, um, uh, Mike, we, we all know how difficult it's going to be. Um, I, I agree with something that JC said earlier in the week. I, I, I don't think that you necessarily want to shoot out. I think if you're going to win, it, it's probably a, a more of a low-scoring game. South Carolina has not scored over 20 points in the series since the 38-35 to win over the Dogs at Williams-Brice in 2014. That was the one-inch game uh, where Dylan Thompson fell forward to get the first down and, and secure the ball game. Uh, and they haven't scored over 20 in Athens since the year before. So it's been 10 years, and they got beat 41-30 to over there. How do you score enough to win tomorrow? Man, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, you look back at – you know, when we've had success, we've won the turnover battle. And I think special teams, as you see, is, is going to be a a critical piece in this game. Um, you know, being able to score, I think we're going to have to be able to take shots downfield. But it's how do, how do we get there? How do we get to those shots where we got where, – where Spencer Rattler has enough time, you know, to drop back and be able to get the ball downfield to Xavier Leggett, Juice Wells. You see that we've been able to stretch the field. And we have to make Georgia respect that. And so it's how do we – you know, how do we make them respect that that getting the ball downfield, playing a little softer than they normally would? Because um, so I think, you know, when you look at this, Georgia has the athletes to put pressure on the quarterback, not only put pressure on the quarterback, but have 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 their corners play, you know, tight coverage. And, you know, Coach Muschamp likes to do that a lot. And so, you know, being able to, to have a little success to where we can take those shots downfield when those corners are up tight. But I like our, you know, if we have a health, healthy juice wells, Xavier Leggett, I think you, you know, that that's that's huge. That's how we score. I think, you know, being able to, to get some points on the board is be able to we have to be able to loosen Georgia's defense up just enough um, that, that we could have some success running the football. But I think that's being able to take those shots downfield is 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 how we're going to you know how we're going to score. But just having to loosen those guys up. And I think the most critical thing is, you know, how do we adjust up front, you know, from a blocking standpoint? Uh, from a personnel standpoint, schema- a schematic standpoint, you know, because you can't really teach toughness. And, you know, seeing those guys come out, you know, you want to see them just be tough. If you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake going 100 miles an hour. Don't make it being soft and, and on your heels. You know, be physical, be tough. And, you know, that's what I want to see up front from those guys on Saturday is if you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake 100 miles an hour. Um, you know, if you miss a block, continue to go. Don't turn around and look and – Act like you know you forgot forgot what happened, and so that's I think that's the most important piece is just coming out being physical, being tough. You know, punch them in the mouth. Um, you know, don't continue just to get to get beat and 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 get punched in the mouth. Play after play after play, and you know there's got to come a time where you got to make changes. But guys not gonna gonna be able to do that. So I mean, it could get 
you know, it could get ugly potentially if, you know, we don't come out and we're not playing, playing physical and playing tough. So I think, you know, up front, that's what, you know, I look forward to those guys, but being able to loosen up that defense enough to where we can have a little success and be able to, but be able to also take, get those chunk plays. Um, like we've had so far, we've had success doing so far. Mm-hmm. Hope you're right. I, yeah. I wonder how much 12 personnel we'll see though. I mean, it's kind of a conundrum. Do you, do you go with 12 and, and run a lot of two, two man routes with options out of the backfield or yep. do you spread them out and, and just try to get it off? You know, Javon yeah. Bullard's out. So they, they've got an inexperienced guy back there at safety. Don't know how much that matters. I'm sure Muschamp will have a mask for that, but maybe not. He didn't. They didn't have a mask for being bad at safety, well, Carolina. I, there's probably a scenario here where, when you're in 12 personnel, you're also going to see those guys shift and, and line up no, out wide. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, You'll probably it, see a it's lot. It's interesting. Of it. It's interesting. Yeah, so, I think yeah, minimum, a lot less minimum twelve, and it'll be a lot more eighty-four one, eighty-four six. I think we're going to see yeah. a bit more elksness in as the blocker with one of the other tight ends out wide. That's what I think twelve is going to look like tomorrow. Yeah, well, Jason, I, I like that. You know, I like that you say that because you can do, you know, running a lot of these tight formations. You move guys around. You know, with playing a lot of man coverage, when you when you start moving guys around the formation, when you start getting guys in a tight formation and then start spreading it out when you've got guys crossing and moving all over the place. It creates a lot of chaos and confusion. And then when you can do that in 12 personnel, you can also do that out of 11 or, you know, in different ways. Um, but you also have to be careful in trying to run the football and not being too predictable um, when you start moving those guys in and out of, in and out of the, in and out of the game and, and, and mixing those personnel groupings up. So, you know, you still got to get really creative in doing that. But I do like the fact of, you know, using the strengths of what you have in that 12 personnel group and start and try to create a little confusion and chaos, but, you know, also mixing it up, um, you know, with, with 11 as well. This article on ESPN, QBs to watch in week three. The most accurate quarterback in the country outside of one other one in the Power Five level is going up against the best team in the country, and he's not, not in there. Q- I mean, this guy, I mean, some of these people that write about Who wrote crap, that? Who they're, wrote they're, it? They're real ESPN like, staff. You know, staff there's no name writer. to it. It's just... <laughs> It's a bunch of idiots, is what it is. AI. Uh, you know, Mike. You know the, and we got to go because we got Anthony Wright coming up. But you know, with the way that they do play defense, how much Georgia generally trusts their guys in man coverage out there? I absolutely envision a scenario where if you do have juice, at least drawing attention, we know Leggett's going to be on the field, and you do get into twelve personnel where you've got two six five tight ends out there. You you've got you have a lot of potential there for Rattler to be able to snap it and throw it. Because you you feel like your guy is bigger than their guy, so at least you have a size a, a size advantage in some of these matchups where you can try to move the football down the field if you don't have any time. Yeah, I like it. I think Juice Wells is going to be a man on a mission this week. Yeah, he is. He's got a lot to prove uh, from these first two weeks, and he didn't get a target last year in this game, Mike. Yeah, I think he's, he's been waiting on this. Yeah, I think this is a, a big game for him, and this is where we see, you know. Hopefully him coming out and Rattler continuing to silence a lot of these critics that are, you know, continuously downplaying, you know, what he's done so far. Um, so I think it's a big day for Juice. Big day for Juice. Juice and Leggett combined for uh, 600 yards receiving and nine touchdowns. And they blow him out <laughs> oh, tomorrow. That and uh, That's it. You know, I mean, they, they can probably get one at the end of the game, but they'll take a knee and, and let it mercifully in for the dogs. Mike, thanks as always. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, I'll call you tonight around uh, ah, probably 10, not 945. <laughs> Sounds good, fellas. Hey, enjoy it as always. Go Cox. My man, there you go. The former <laughs> wide receiver, Michael Flint. Brock Bowers is 19 at Georgia. He doesn't hold a candle to the original 1-9 who once wore it in the garnet in black. All right, we're teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. TravelingCountryClub.com. If you want to play golf, it was crisp this morning. It's going to be even crisper tomorrow morning. And then feel like, hey, man, let's go tee it up, kick it around a little bit, get around then before we watch some football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. So why not pay a membership fee to a golf club that you can play anywhere for the most part in two states? Almost 50 courses, man. It's awesome. You travel, you play. You get in the RV, you go to the mountains, you get to go play golf. You already got a, you already got a membership. 20 bucks. There you go. Travelingcountryclub.com. Really cannot appreciate Michael Manis anymore for what he does. Quick segment when we come back. Some quick keys to the game. And then we'll have to hit one more final break before A1. Anthony Wright joins us as our guest picker here on Inside the Gamecocks the show electric bikes of charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels magnum velotric invented bikes and more and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston! 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 Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
12-31, Friday, September the 15th. Inside the Gamecocks, the show is served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. I cannot wait to get my hands on that bottle a little bit later on after I drop my children and wife off at the airport. I'm out. Uh, so it's all what? I'm uh, out. Yeah, I know. I'm it's out. pretty. It's not a. It's not it's a good feeling. Check the liquor cabinet, and it's all gone. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully uh, that doesn't. I've got plenty of that and plenty of uh, Dixie vodka to get me through the weekend. I hope it all works out. All right. Uh, Guys, keys to the game. We got Anthony Wright coming up in a little bit. Uh, we will talk to him certainly about this ball game. We'll pick, make some picks with him. And he, he, by the way, he was the quarterback in Baltimore when Deion Sanders played there. So can't wait to 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 chew on some of that with him as well. Carolina just one and six all time versus teams ranked numero uno. This will be their eighth all time meeting. We all know when the one win was. That was 13 years ago against Alabama. They have played two number ones since then, Clemson in 2015. Of course, last year, the Georgia Bulldogs, and that game resulted in a 48-7 loss at Williams-Brice Stadium. So, uh, J.C., your keys to the ballgame tomorrow. You have to tackle. You have to be tough, like Mike said up front. Uh, all the all the fundamental things, but the Nobody tunes into the show to hear you say like Captain Obvious stuff. So, uh, what I'm going to say is this: it's about it's about keeping Rattler up upright and attacking down the field. So, so that's a that's an execution thing and a coaching thing. Um, you know, I people get they they go crazy when you talk about the three yard outs and things like that. You know. I, I don't think Carolina's getting very far if they throw it behind the line of scrimmage because Georgia's corners are obviously they're always very physical. They're always big. Malachi Starks alone could cause a lot of problems with that. But I do think you have to do that from time to time. You know, you have to take what that defense gives you. Uh, and I think um, what I talked about before the Furman game, you have to be clutch. When the opportunity presents itself, you have to make the play. You know, you, you can't miss a tackle – when you get, you can't let the, you can't have a guy slowed up behind the line of scrimmage, let him break the tackle, and churn through on a third and three for five yards. You know you can't be wide open and drop the ball. You know you, you can't uh, have a wide open guy if you're Spencer Rattler and look the other way and throw a pick. Uh, you, you know so seize the moment. Inevitably, in every football game, the other team will give you opportunities. Uh, you know, even the great ones. Uh, and and the teams that usually stay in it or win or the pull upsets are the ones that take advantage of it. Tennessee gave Carolina a lot of opportunities last year, right? And they took advantage mm-hmm. of nearly every one. Clemson, after a bad start, gave Carolina a lot of opportunities last year, right? You guys took advantage of it and won the game. Um, I don't think they took advantage of opportunities in some games they lost. North Carolina, uh, you saw what happened when the opportunity presented itself to get back in the game and tied it. It did not happen. I think against Furman, it kind of turned back the other way. So that's what they have to do. Um, I'm looking for some improvement on defense, guys, uh, with all the talk about Rattler and the receivers and all that. Yeah, yes, South Carolina has to be explosive on offense to win the football game. But they have not stopped these guys in three years, hardly at all. It's got to be a pride thing for this group. 
uh, many of whom were recruited by the guy on the other sideline. Uh, they got to go in there and man up. So continuing my theme of the day, is South Carolina man enough to go in there and beat the dogs? Yeah, Phil, to JC's point, uh, over the last 10 games, Georgia 8-2 and two in those 10, winning by an average of 24 points. But the last three, they've won by an average of 32. We've got about one minute left in this segment here. Your keys to the game tomorrow. I'll go real quick. JC just yeah, kind of ate up my last one. Man up, man up, man up. This is going to be a physical game. Show them that you're worth it. Disrupt on defense. You're going to have to be disruptive. This Georgia O-line has not looked as good as some it has had in recent years. So try to get after it on, on offense. I, I got, I got two things, stand on it and let it ride. You play with house money today, keep driving it down the field. I know there's going to be some, you know, you're going to have to get some quick you know, throws out early, uh, but don't give up on the, the downfield threats because that's what you've got on the perimeter uh, and you're going to have to use it. Yeah, and my mind quickly here. Get off the field on third down on defense. You got to get off the field on third down. Get off of blocks. Got to get off blocks. If you get off blocks, you can tackle and you can pressure the quarterback. If you can't, you won't. Uh, Rattler's got to stay accurate, and and because he might only have one or two targets on certain plays, how's he going to do that? Got to stay poised, and he's going to be under pressure at times. That we know that. If not, more often than not. He's going to have to stay poised, move forwards and not backwards. 14 penalties combined in the last two games for the Gamecocks. That can't happen tomorrow. They cannot get penalized. They've got to move forwards, forward, and the bold moves, they're going to have to pay off. Whatever those are, if they go forward on fourth and short, if they show a trick play on special teams, whatever it may be, it's going to have to work in order to pull off some type of major upset that would literally shock the college football world. And we'll find out what Anthony Wright thinks about this as well. The former quarterback at Carolina and former longtime quarterback in the NFL joins us next as our guest picker today on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndoka. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. 
But at the Barn Dough Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Dough Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Hey everybody, this is Mo Coppa from Carolina Football. The show is painted garden and black every day by a couple of painters. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com to check them out. Go Cox. 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Gamecocks. Final segment of our Friday afternoon as we head into the weekend, week three of college football in America. But this show is about South Carolina, and we've brought on, brought, let's try this again, brought back once again uh, one of the greatest to ever play the quarterback position in Columbia, Anthony Wright, formerly known, or not formally, always known as A1. And we had him back, what, maybe in February? And he, uh, yeah, six or seven months. And I guess we did a good enough job because he accepted our invitation to rejoin us ahead of tomorrow's game against the dogs between the hedges. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, can you hear us? He's having some trouble with his audio because we can hear him, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us, Anthony? Oh, he can't oh, hear? It's, it's ah. his ear pods. Yeah, it's oh, his ear pods. Yeah. Probably uh, maybe disconnect the uh, the ear pods and um, we'll be able to hear him a little bit better. So we'll work on some of that here for just a second. Yeah, can we turn Did off you? the – oh, well, he's going hmm. – Yeah, he's, he's probably yeah, he's probably going to disconnect his ear pods. That's, that's always the problem, by the way, when anybody uses the We're video. <laughs> yep, yep. That's um, – that. That's the uh, that's the issue. JC's learned that pro- that before. I learned that. Um, I've tried to tell Patrick Davis that over the years. He still hasn't learned. He does it his way, but that's all right. Um, we did say I did see somebody in the chat box here a minute ago that said Carolina need to score thirty four to beat Georgia. That's 
that's probably fair. I mean, I, I think that it'd be better if it was a lower scoring game, but yeah, holding Georgia down is is probably tough to have. Can you hear us? Can you hear us now? I got you. Can you hear me? Hey, You're perfect. Right. Perfect. Yes, yeah, perfect, man. It's uh, thank you for accepting our invitation to to come back. How have you been? I've been great. How you guys been? Well, football's here, so we're good, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Makes makes life a little bit easier. Um, you know, we're certainly going to get to our picks and stuff like that here in just a little bit, but want to talk to you about the Gamecocks. Also, though, Anthony, want to talk to you about your former teammate, a guy named Deion Sanders, uh, who's now out at Colorado, and he's making all sorts of shockwaves, you know, rippling across the, the country with what they've been doing. What was it like playing with him? And did, did you ever think that you'd look up almost 20 years after you did and here he'd be probably the, the biggest story in the sport of football in America? Well, I didn't know that. You know, at the time, you know, um, we were just playing ball. Never thought he would be a coach. I think he kind of got into the coaching realm uh, to give himself give himself something to do. And the, plus he had a son that was playing. He had two, actually two sons playing it, so. I think there was a lot of reason why he got involved with it, but I would have never thought that he'd be coaching. I don't think there's a lot of people that thought he'd be coaching, but I mean, what are your impressions of him now that he is a head coach and what he's done? I think he did a heck of a job. I think that uh, he understands what he brings to the market and he uses it. Um, mm -hmm. His appeal uh, to the kids, um, knowing what the kids like, and then uh, attracting attracting them with that, you know, with the celebrities, um, the energy that he brings to the to the organization. Um, the kids like that, you know. The kids like to be able to say that they met X, Y, Z, right? They like being able to say they met certain people, and um, just being around that, I think that attracts the kids. What type of football mind was he when you, when you played with him? I mean, you practiced against each other, right? He was out there try, trying to pick you off in practice. We know that he he likes to talk a lot, but from mentally, you know, as a football player, what's he like up there? Because he seems I, I never really thought about it until I started watching him coach, uh, and and he seems like he's he's pretty pretty sharp. Well, I think that uh, he's smart from the perspective of he knows to put the right tools around him. So what people have to realize is the coaching staff that he has around him, um, they're very seasoned, you know, guys that NFL for a very long time, guys that's had success in college. Um, so he has seasoned guys. So he knew how to put his team together uh, as far as the coaches and I think that's probably the biggest part of, of what he's doing. I think he's doing a great job of managing everything. Um, you know, when we were playing, uh, you know, he was just so athletically gifted that, you know, and all he had to do was cover his guy, right? And so he was so athletically gifted that, you know, he could just go out there without a game plan and do his job. And so that's kind of like, you know, from my from my standpoint, uh, that's kind of been the, the the his education of the game since then has obviously increased because he's a head coach. So 
Um, but I think, like I said before, I think he's done a good job putting the pieces around him to be successful. You ever, you ever get you in practice? Did y'all go back and forth? Did you, did you yap back and forth no. at each other? <laughs> well, first of all, I got him a couple times in the game. And I was playing for the Cowboys. I went deep yeah. on him yeah. for like 50. <laughs> oh. And then I went deep on him. I went in. Yeah, I got went deep on him again uh, for a pass interference. So I reminded him of that when I played with him in Baltimore, too. You know, uh, the crazy thing was um, went, to the, went to a lot of scrimmage and we had uh, goals on, go routes on. Uh, they had Champ Bailey to one side and he was on the other side. And uh, Champ was playing off and, and Dion was pressing. So I never like throwing go routes versus off because the corner can can bail, but I always like throwing it versus the press. So I saw that he was pressed. I didn't think about the fact that it was Dion. I just saw a guy press, and I knew I like to go to that side. So I, I caught him a couple times, but he did get me one time in practice at Baltimore. He was playing a couple four, and I tried to throw an out route on him, and he jumped it, and uh, he picked it off. And trust me, he 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 high stepped all the way down the field. <laughs> And so um, <laughs> he definitely he definitely let me know that he got me back, but I got him in the game, so mine was better. I was about to say that's all that really matters at the end of the day is who was better when the lights came on. Well, we're gonna we're gonna You're pick right. that game in just a little bit. I do want to get your thoughts on Spencer Rattler real quick as well. The light has certainly come on for him. He's playing the best football from an accuracy standpoint of his career. Anthony, over his last yeah. five games, going back to last year, he's completed his last. He's completed 139 of his last 188 passes. That's 74% of the time it's being completed to his teammates for almost 1,800 yards, 350 a game, 13 touchdowns. And this year, of course, he's been as sharp as, as can be, adding, you know, making those numbers look even better. What are you seeing out of him? Like you said, the accuracy. You know, I, I saw it, I think, the Tennessee game. Um, and I tell my son this all the time. I say, you know, when you're throwing deep balls, they got to be like handoffs. And what people don't realize is if I throw a deep ball and it hits a receiver in stride, then we don't have to run any more plays. You know, we don't have to worry about what could happen afterwards. Mm -hmm. He was hitting guys in stride and they were scoring touchdowns. And if you could do that, you can put up points quickly. And... That makes you an elite quarterback. I mean, he's an elite guy. I mean, the, the way he's throwing the ball right now, the way he threw the ball since the end of the season, he's throwing the ball like an elite quarterback for sure. Can he play in the NFL based on what you've seen? Um, the only gripe I have against him is that he can't – he doesn't move well. Oh. Uh, uh, he's not strong. Um, you got to be able to break tackles. You got to be able to move a little bit in the NFL. Um but just from a throwing aspect, definitely. Well, he's trying to make his point, and he's going to try to do that this weekend against the best team in the country. Uh, Anthony, you played against the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what it's like down there between the hedges, and he's going to he's going to get a get a crack at it this weekend. This is uh, this is Spencer Rattler's shot yes. um, to to go out and improve himself. So. You know, after last year's forty-eight to seven debacle in Columbia, you would think Juice Wells wasn't even targeted in that game last year. You would wow. think that th those two, yeah, isn't that crazy? He had what 
seven, eight catches, guys, against Arkansas the week before for 180 yards or something. They go, they come home to play Georgia, and they don't even throw him throw the football his way. I mean, that should probably tell you why the OC is now at Nebraska, but that's for another day. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to think that they're they're both have uh, some chips on their shoulders. So, well, we'll yeah. make our picks here. All right. So here's the thing. Yeah. Um, all things in life aren't created equal, and neither are game picks. Just a couple of weeks ago, South Carolina singer songwriter, the legendary Patrick Davis, went nine and two. Last week, former Gamecock All-American golfer Meredith Taylor went nine and five. So PD, you know, he had to pick less games, but you know, he also has a better record winning percentage-wise. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen games on your slate this week. Yep. Yeah, minimum- I have to say, Anthony, we're we're getting smoked by our guest pickers, so we expect you to totally wipe the floor with us this week. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm fifteen and ten through two weeks. Okay, so I'll let Phil and JC speak for themselves here, but. At minimum, we're expecting you to go twelve and one, but more than likely thirteen and zero, right? Wow, I mean, that would be awesome. Money lines, <laughs> money, money lines are a lot easier than the spread, so I can do money lines. Oh, we're, yeah. we're just, oh, picking, yeah. yeah, we're just picking games. By the way, at the end of the season, if you have the best record, we're not going to send you anything in the mail or anything, but um, we will acknowledge you amongst our national fan base here. I'll take it. I'll- <laughs> All right, we'll start off tomorrow at noon on ABC. From Alumni Stadium in Chestnut Hill, Florida State, they're big favorites in the game, A1, 26-point favorites, as a matter of fact. But the last three times they have taken that trip, they are they are 2-1, and one, but all of them have been very, very close. We'll give you the honors of being able to make the first pick. Does Florida State get upset against Boston College tomorrow? No. No. <laughs> JC? No way. And Phil. Yeah, no, no, Noel's taking home the win here. <laughs> I think, I think hey, real, real quick question for you, Anthony. Do you think that Florida State is potentially the best team in college football right now? The way they played the last couple of weeks, they have been. Um, yeah. But it's still early, you know. It's still early. Still a lot of games to go. Um, but the way they've been playing the last couple games, man, they are they're tough. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. All right. Uh, Penn State and Illinois will play tomorrow at noon on Fox in Champaign Memorial Stadium. Penn State ranked seventh in the country. Uh, they are 14.5-point favorites in this ballgame as well. But as they call them, B.D. Bielema, you can probably figure out what that stands for. If they can run the football, the Illini can generally hang in there, and they're looking to pull a shocker tomorrow, Anthony. Can they do it against the Nittany Lions? Uh, I think Penn State is that. JC, yeah, yeah Penn State, yeah, Penn State too. I think IU covers. Though. I think Illinois covers though. What's the break? I've lost faith. Fourteen and a half. Fourteen, yeah. Mm. There's something different about Penn State this year. Okay, yeah, all right. Mm. I think I think they cover. Don't care. I'm picking Penn State to win, but yeah, right. I yeah. think Illinois will cover. All right, at uh, noon on ESPN, Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville will be where the Bayou Bengals invade. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites over Mississippi State and Zach Arnett. This is the first really big game in his tenure since taking over from the uh, the legendary Mike Leach. It's a nine-and-a-half-point spread, as I mentioned, in, va- in favor of LSU. Already has that one loss to Florida State earlier this year. What have you seen out of those guys? Do they go in there and – 
take down Mississippi State, or can the dogs pull a shocker, Anthony? LSU is struggling. You know, they don't really have uh, the offensive of weapons that you would think they should have. Um, they really have, like, one receiver. Quarterback about there running around a lot, not really doing um, what anticipated um, because he doesn't have the weapons. Um, so, but LSU is struggling. Playing at Mississippi State, I don't know. I don't know what the Mississippi State has. So I'm just gonna roll with LSU. I feel like they're struggling, but they could wake up at any. I thought he was setting. Us, thought he was setting us up there. JC, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think LSU wins. Uh, I do. I think it'll be uh, probably they'll cover, but I think it'll be a late cover. Same. Yep. I think it'll be an ugly game, but LSU pulls it out. Yeah, I like LSU on the road as well. I like Mississippi State and have a lot of respect for them, but they won't win the game. Missouri's got 15th ranked Kansas State coming to town tomorrow. A sneaky, potentially good game in Columbia at Memorial Stadium. We'll see if all. Five to 10,000 of Missouri's fans can make it out. Kansas State is a four-point favorite in the game, Anthony. Can they win the game, though, against a very stingy Tigers defense? Yes. K-State is good. By that four-point favorite on the road, playing in the SEC. And so, got to roll K-State. Be another tough hit for SEC versus Power 5 programs. JC, who wins? Uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um... Uh, at K-State, it's going to be closer than last year because yeah. Missouri's good on D, but it won't be 41-12 to 12 or whatever that was. But uh, I like K-State football. I mean, they're tough out. They put, run option or a triple option. Uh, that's always difficult. So uh, I'm gonna, I think K-State goes there and beats them in a close one. Phil? Yeah, but I got Kansas State too. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm got, I've got, I'm taking Missouri. I think Missouri's going to pull an upset. Something oh. funky will happen in the game tomorrow. Really? And I'm going – yeah, I'm going with the Tigers. I'm gonna go. I don't want to. Why? I can't stand. Missouri. I don't want to. <laughs> Why? What do you see? What, Missouri. Did you see? What, what did you see in Missouri last week that make you think that? No, I I I like their defense at home. Um, I like their defense at home. And and Eli Drinkwitz is good for one game a year where he goes in and does something that they're not supposed to do. So I'm gonna <laughs> give him that one this week. Okay. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Um. Defense at home is always tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thoughts and prayers, by the way, with William Jordan in our chat box here who's been drinking fighting cock for years. William, you might not have a whole lot of time left in life, so enjoy it as best as you can. Uh, might want to switch over to chicken cock, which is one of our partners, and the bourbon is 100 million times better than fighting cock. But you do you, man. Uh, we really appreciate you being here, and God bless. All right, uh, North Carolina and Minnesota, kind of a strange game, uh, Anthony. It's a strange start to the year for North Carolina. Their schedule went from South Carolina to App State to now Minnesota, the fighting tie-wearing P.J. Flex coming into town. The Tar Heels are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at 3.30 on ESPN in Keenan tomorrow. That's wine and cheese country, but they'll probably get up for this game since they're trying to go to 3-0. and So who wins? UNC. UNC. JC, I'm taking the Tar Heels. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll win. I don't think Minnesota's mad enough to go in there and win. <laughs> and like I said, rock, Phil, rock throwing contest. I'll take Minnesota. Yep, yep, yep. Rock Tennessee, uh, not Tennessee, damn, but North Carolina. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I'm with all of you. I think North Carolina wins, and I think North Carolina will cover. Them. They'll go to three 0 
All right. Uh, speaking of uh, William, I'll just pick it on you by by the way. But if you do have fighting cock tonight and you feel like puking tomorrow, this would probably be a pretty good game to do it in. Rutgers and Virginia Tech. Rutgers is a seven point favorite at home. The over under is thirty seven in Piscataway. Virginia Tech. I can't believe what's happened up there, but it has certainly happened. So a one. Does Rutgers win? And if they do, do they cover that seven? <laughs> Uh, I got Rutgers. They're playing good, and I think they cover seven. JC. I'm going with Rutgers as well. They've they've been uh, better than expected this year, and uh, Tech is awful. Yeah, but you got Rutgers is up, Tech's down. Go Rutgers! Can mm-hmm. you believe that? It wasn't so long ago that we would laugh at this game, but I agree with y'all. Rutgers will win. Washington is at Michigan State. I mean, what more can? What is Michigan State going to look like after the week that they've been through? A one? Do they have a chance in this game? I mean, yeah, they have a chance. Um, depends on how the play coaches respond to everything that's been going on, but I just don't think that they'll be watching. I just think that, you know, a lot of – if things start going wrong, it's going to go wrong quickly. I'm with you. That's a great way to say it. JC? Uh, yeah, I think they were blown out by Washington. Washington's better than people think, too. Me, uh, I agree. I, I, I think if Mel Tucker were still there, they'd get blown out by Washington, so. Hundred yeah, percent. I don't think it matters. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, I don't care if Saban goes back to Michigan State. I think Washington wins this game. Um, they I like Washington, and I didn't realize how much I liked them before the season. Pac twelve is good. All right. Uh, uh, tomorrow night at seven o'clock on ESPN. Tennessee is at Florida. This line keeps coming down, man. It's at six now. The Gators trying to get their season back on back on track. Anthony, we collectively don't like either one of these teams, but somebody has to win. So who will it be? Man, yeah, that's a tough one, especially when you said the line keeps coming down. Um, you know, Florida, Florida didn't really impress me last year when they had Richard. Uh, it's something they got going on. Got a lot of talent, um, but they're just not. Um, I don't know. I don't, quarterback play, all these things are hurting them. Uh, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee didn't do as well as we thought they were going to do the first. Um, line keeps coming down. I take Florida. Oh, that's All our right. first real upset Ooh. of the day. Forget Kansas State. All right, so the Gators. Ooh, that boy Billy Napier would need that. JC, I'm gonna give the Vols benefit of the doubt. I want to take Florida because I I think Joe Milton may throw it to Ocala. 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 Uh, a couple <laughs> times. He can throw it a million miles, but like, like Andy was talking about deep balls, accuracy. That's what made Hooker special last year. Joe doesn't have that touch on the long passes. That bogs that offense down. Uh, but I just don't think Florida's all that good. I, I think they're kind of uh, in disarray. That, that crowd down there, though, if you get them going, yes. like Dan Mullen said this week, it could be a problem. But I, I'm going to take Tennessee to squeak one out, right? Right. Yeah, I'm the same way. I think Tennessee just just barely eats it out. I don't even know if they cover anymore. I was feeling a lot more confident yesterday, but the line coming down has got me bothered. <laughs> Vegas I told y'all, <laughs> I told y'all both yesterday with Mike Morgan that I thought Florida would cover, but Tennessee break their hearts, and that's what I think is going to happen tomorrow night. Still, all right. Uh, Ark- a lot of pressure down there in Florida right now. A lot of pressure. A lot. Oh, yeah. A lot of oh, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Games. Games a little different from when you played in college. They'll fire you after two years in a hurry, won't they? Yeah, and listen, the coaches down there, they're going to pull out everything. I need to pitch. 
Everything that's in the kitchen, they pull it out. Yeah. If I was Billy Napier, I wouldn't. Give me the $30 million and I'll leave. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, no one wants to get fired. I've seen Hall of Famers cry from getting released. No yeah. one yeah. likes to get fired. That's a great point. That's a great mm -hmm. point. All right, uh, Arkansas and BYU. Can the Mormons go? Oh, you talk about two different groups of people. BYU is going to be in Fayetteville. They're going to hear all these people howling at them. That's the woo pig stuff. Well, that's a that's a match made in heaven. Seven thirty, ESPN two. Arkansas eight point favorites. Anthony, who wins? Uh, I got BYU. Oh man. Mm. BYU wow. Guys. Yo, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a BYU too. Uh, Arkansas played Kent State last week. I don't think KJ oh. Jefferson belongs in a pro style offense. Uh like a traditional so uh, with Enos. So I'm going I'm going with uh Kalani Sataki and the Coops. <laughs> Jace Phil? Uh, I'm going Arkansas. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Arkansas to win, but it's gonna be it'll be close and might get weird. Yeah, it, it's pretty weird in Arkansas if you've never been. Yeah, just in general. Uh, I think Arkansas will win, and I'll tell you why. It's another one of these classic Mountain West Southeastern Conference games where you have uh you have elevation and atmosphere that comes into play. I think that will affect the boys from BYU, and um, I think Arkansas will win. I think BYU will cover the eight. I think BYU will cover. It'll be a close game. Boy, the SEC can't afford to lose that in Kansas State. Gracious. All right, uh, Purdue's got Syracuse. Syracuse, two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. 7.30 Saturday night, NBC, Ross Aid Stadium. Anthony, who win? Syracuse. The Orange. Dino, it's isn't it kind of hard to believe that Dino's still around up there. Kind of yeah, hard yeah. to believe it. Yeah, cool. I, I think they'll win too. Purdue, it's kind of been up and down. Uh, Syracuse is man enough to walk into Rose Odd Stadium and beat the bull. I'm about to drive through there in a couple hours. Uh, scenic West Lafayette, ugliest women I've ever seen on campus, by the way. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I mean, y'all, y'all have been to Purdue, have you? Nah, I mean, there's girls in every campus has got talent except that one. I don't know if it's the engineering part of it or what, but it's just not, it's not impressive. So, and then their mascot, Purdue Pete, creeps me out. So go, go orange. That's All right. I got the orange here too. I think, I think Syracuse is man enough to go in there and pull this one out. <laughs> I've got Purdue. I think Purdue will team. win at night. Yeah, I like Purdue at home at night. Pittsburgh and West Virginia uh, match gasoline and couches. That's what's trying to happen uh, outside of Milan Pusker Stadium in Morgantown. Will it happen, though, Anthony? Uh, West Virginia, two-and-a-half-point favorite over their rivals. Uh, I like Pittsburgh to bounce back. Pitt. I've said it all week. Yeah. Pitt, Pitt. And I'm going West Virginia. I'm going West Virginia. I'm going to ride that train with you, Phil. Don't bury me. I think West Virginia will survive tomorrow yeah. night. Neil Brown will fend off the talk for another week or so. That's right. Uh, but I'm getting nervous here because I've been picking against Anthony Wright, who knows a, about a hundred million times more football than I do. And right, I, I know. I was just sitting there my, looking at that. I was like, no wonder we're losing, man. <laughs> my, uh, I haven't been watching that many games. 
<laughs> yeah, but you're still better than we are. My my plan was just to let you pick first and piggyback, but I hadn't done that. So um, don't worry. If I'm better, if my record beats yours, you'll hear from me on on uh, Sunday. <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, he'll beat you. Yeah. I'll you on Sunday. You got, a, you got Missouri and you got Purdue. And you got, yeah. You got Arkansas? Did you take Arkansas? I did. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you and I have differed on the last three. I took um, West Virginia, Purdue, and Arkansas, mm. uh, and Tennessee. You the last four? Yeah, yeah the last this four. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I am. Something tells me so we're good. all going to agree on this next one. I'm not. I'm not feeling so good. Yeah, after the comments this week by Jay Norvell, uh, let's just be honest. Colorado State doesn't have a prayer at beating Neon uh, Neon Dion Primetime Sanders in Colorado, but. Anthony will let you pick the game, anyways. Listen, man. I, here's what I here's what I say about that. You know, Jay Novell added fuel to the fire by saying what he said. But uh, Colorado State can, can score. They can score. So I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, mm. Colorado State played Washington State, um, and Washington State was a top twenty-five team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I they think that one. I mean, Jay Jordan, Jay Novell is not going to make those comments without watching film already. So he's Ooh. he's already watched film, so he feels really confident that they can go there and compete with him. Um, I think Colorado wins, though, but I don't think Ooh. it's about twenty three points. Like I, 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 I would put Give it us, in Yeah, give us. I can think about. I can see Colorado covering. I think Colorado wins. I can see Colorado covering. I mean, you know, and, and Colorado's had to get sky high in the last two weeks. You know, so maybe this is motivation to get sky high again, but he, they've got Oregon and Southern Cal around the corner. This is little little brother for them, right? Uh, and it's the game of the year for Colorado State. And you're right; he, he, they could score. So I think Rams cover, but Buffs Buffs will win at the end. I think. Bill, I got same same storyline. Yep, Colorado, but yeah, CSU is going to play him hard. Everything that Anthony Wright just said, count me in for that. So I'll take Colorado. But uh, I can't remember word for word how he explained that, but it sounded awesome, so I agree. <laughs> and finally, South Carolina and Georgia. We all know how difficult this will be. We've talked about it yeah. uh, throughout the week, that this would be the be- the biggest win in the history of Gamecock football from a ranking standpoint, at least. Um, yeah. And even though they did take down Alabama back in 2010, going on the road as almost 30-point underdogs and beating Georgia, that's just a totally different animal. So, uh, JC, we'll get your pick first, and Phil uh, next, and myself. We'll save Anthony for last on this one. Uh, your thoughts, uh, JC? I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think the game costs will give them hell, but uh, you know, until you beat Georgia or compete against them, it's kind of like Clemson last year. It's hard to pick the Gamecocks. Uh, I'll say thirty-eight, twenty-eight dogs. Phil. Uh, same line of thinking. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think South Carolina is going to go in there and give them as much hell as they can, but I got 35-31 dogs. 35-31. All right. Yeah, I think Georgia wins, and I think they'll end up winning by a couple of touchdowns, although I think South Carolina will improve because they'll have young players in the game, uh, like at tackle. And I think in the long run, that's going to be beneficial. But, uh, but I just can't pick them to win tomorrow. But I'm praying that Anthony picks South Carolina, and that destroys my whole thing. Uh, and I would gladly lose this week if he's right. So who you got, man? 
Ah, uh, man, it's a tough one. But I got I got to go with Georgia. Um, yeah. I just don't think that, uh, you know, what we had up front against North Carolina, having to face Georgia, is going to be a lot more difficult. And uh, I mean, with young offensive linemen playing in the hedges, they're going to be up for us. We're going to be up for them. Uh, I can see us putting up – I can see Rattlers giving us at least 30 points. Yeah, but really? I, uh, Georgia, Georgia probably put up 40. 40 30. Yeah, I'm thinking that kind of thing. So, well, I'll, I'll ask you one quick question here, not to drag it out, but, um, but I, Sondra, I didn't give a score predi- prediction, but I'll do that. How about 38 24? Um, uh, do you think that Georgia leaves this game, Anthony, with questions about who they are as the number one team in the country? Uh, one way or the other. Um, yeah. You know, if they come in and they blow us out. I think they'll solidify themselves. They come in, they struggle. I think there'll be questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's 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 kind of what I was. Well, I pointed this out earlier tomorrow. Maybe this is a good omen for the Gamecocks. It is Responsible Dog Ownership Day. Could mean something. I don't know. National <laughs> Responsible Dog Ownership Day. Just saying. It's always some kind of day. Feel like a nice dog owner coming out of tomorrow. <laughs> hey, today's National Double Cheeseburger Day. If anybody's hungry, right? Just saying, <laughs> a national day. Always, Anthony Wright, former quarterback at South Carolina and one of the great legends of the NFL. I just saw, by the way, Anthony. This is going to be pretty interesting coming out in November. Apparently, Barry Sanders has been filming a documentary with Amazon uh, for the last few months, and he's going to tell the story of why he walked away from football unexpectedly. Wow. Um, we Ooh. should we should at least see what they have to say on video coming out in November. But uh, can't thank you enough. A wonderful guest as always. I know I told you at 1 o'clock, so checks in the mail for the 13 minutes of overtime. And I hope that you're right on every pick but the last one. Okay, man. Listen, man, <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'm thankful for that. And uh, go Gamecocks. There you go. Thank you. Go always. Gamecocks. Thank you. Anthony Wright, or A1, as he A1. is uh, known, former quarterback. It's up. Thank you, A1. And Mad Dog, for what they do. And all of you for joining us every week here on our program. We're served by Chicken Cock. We're built by the Barndo Co. And we're always live from the Sinorama Studios. Dude, the, the hell is this? Like, White Lion? That means it's Friday. This is oh, that's Friday the Friday music. music. It's like 80s yeah. hair band, man. If he'd stay on until the end sometimes, Philly, he'd hear it. We're out of here. We'll see you Monday at 11. <laughs>